The barefoot hunter Because statistics are the best The barefoot hunter Because you don't need footwear to bet Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. We take our inspiration from The Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the AFL and NRL 2021 season. And it's a big welcome to the program, to The Logical One. Thanks, Mug. It's a very big week this week with Easter coming up for AFL and NRL, and also the week that's just been, we've had a lot to look at. I've got a, uh, a Brownlow tip to go through today, been heckled a little bit on Twitter. We've got bad beats, we've got some AFL tips to go through and then, as always now, we've got the Pope to take us through his great NRL tips. Fantastic. And let's uh, say hello to him right now. Welcome to the program, to the Pope. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah, another big week, lots to talk about in rugby league, um, injuries, HIAs, potentially following the AFL lead with a concussion sub, bit to go through. Fantastic. Well, uh, logical. Do we want to kick it off with our uh, our favourite segment? Why not? Man, beats. What have you got for us, logical, from an AFL perspective? Well, mine's pretty obvious. I think the biggest one for the weekend was Brisbane not winning against Geelong, mm. not just the holding the ball decision in the last you know minute of the game. But what the key thing about that one was there's no butterfly effect. That was that was the incident that defined the game. So if it's getting holding the ball, they win the game. Um, whereas some other ones, sometimes it's not always the last incident in the match. That was defining tackle. There was also some other free kicks during the match that were very, very, or non-calls that went Geelong's way. But at the same time, when you bet against Geelong at Skill Park, you're also betting against the umpires. And that's that's what happens, unfortunately. And that's the way it always is and probably always will be. Um, but still doesn't make it any easier if you've backed Brisbane and they don't get home, then it's a really tough one. Very painful. And a Benny, what did we have over in the NRL? Because we do know as punches, these things aren't limited to AFL. They happen across the, <laughs> they happen up North as well. What did we see? We're sport, sport for choice this week, Monk in um, NRL. So a couple, if you're courageous enough to go South 13 plus against the Roosters at a big price, they, they got done in the 13-plus, in the last play of the game, to win by 10. You've got Raiders head-to-head, who led by 21, and last play of the game, looked over for all money, and one of the great match-saving tackles from Roger to Arsashek. Cost you there, and Warriors got up late. But what we're going to go with is Melbourne Storm. So, bit to go through in the last few minutes of this game. They went behind late and looked down their feet. Short kickoff, should have got a penalty, which would have given them a shot to get extra time. One last play, go to Justin Olam, about 110-kilogram centre, Scores 15 times out of 16 any other team in the comp. Goes over the line and held up by Viliama Kikau, who was knocked over early. Had no right to get over the other side of the field and stop the try. Arm comes from nowhere, holds him up. Penrith win by two. Amazing match-saving tackle. We'll go a long time before seeing a better one than that. Yeah. So, so a bad beat, but a brilliant piece of play to create that bad beat as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite hurtful and and logical. We were over at the MCG on uh, Sunday afternoon, and I'm pretty sure we saw a bad beat there as well because the Richmond line was thirty and a half, and we're watching the game. We're thinking, oh, three quarters the way through the the last quarter, and um, young Brockman, I think it was our our um, our little fella down there, he's put one through. And we're thinking, oh, that's not good for the line. That's back to 29 points, but plenty of time left in this one. No, thank you. <laughs> Siren goes. We both just looked at each other and went, what was that? 
24 minutes and 33 seconds that quarter went for. It was a for. short quarter, wasn't it? So there, we were thinking, oh, you know, another five, six minutes here. Richmond have got plenty of time to uh, sort this out. But uh, no. It really one. left us high and dry with beers in our hands as well. <laughs> it did, yeah. We, we were fully loaded. <laughs> we got ended up moved on by security in the end. It was two bad beats in one. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Logical, you mentioned a Brownlow bet. What have you got for us? I know I may have mentioned this a few times before that I don't really like to bet in the Brownlow early or pre-season. I like to have a look at how players are going and see what I like. And generally I'm sort of betting sort of after the first third of the season, maybe halfway through or so on. I've seen enough. I have seen enough. <laughs> and I am just – I'm just I'm, – I love Dusty, the way he's playing. He's going to be in for a huge percentage of Richmond's votes. They're going to win a huge amount of games. But not only that, everyone around him is falling down. We had danger suspension. Neil's not playing very well. Fife's, Fife's had a suspension, I mean, sorry, a concussion. Um, there's Travis Bokes going okay, but, you know, he, he's not the player that Dusty is. Bont's going pretty well, but there's too many players to steal votes from him at, at the Doggies, I think, like, you know, McRae and Smith and Trelaw and, and whoever else. But Dusty, he's just, I just think he's in for a, a massive amount of their votes and, and I really like this bet. I think you can get $4.50, best out there, and I don't think that's a great bet. And the other thing, I actually think there's actually another one that's value in the market at the, at the moment as well, a little saver, not as keen as Dusty, but there's another saver there and we saw him on Sunday. Tom Mitchell is getting a heap of the footy. He's going to get a massive amount of Hawthorne's votes as well. They're not going to win nearly as many games, so it's going to be tougher for him. But at the $17, I think he's a little saver as well. So, you know, two weeks in, I'm ready to go on the Brownlow. Big bet on Dusty for to win it and a saver on Tom Mitchell. Oh, fantastic, mate. That's uh, that's great for the listeners there and um, I'm sure they'll be uh, getting stuck into that one. And Logical, before we get into any games, is there anything else that you saw on the weekend that uh, took your fancy? Well, I was getting a little bit of heckling on Twitter. Actually, there was a that's right the um, the West End Wizard. <laughs> the West End Wizard. <laughs> he's got stuck. He in. took me down. The West End Wizard. He took me wow. down. He's got some. He's got some go about in the West End Wizard. And he and he said to me on on, on Thursday night. He said um, he said I want to I want to be on the pies on Twitter. And I and he said take me on stunt cam my my Twitter handle. And I uh, I had to just I had to say yes. So I took him on and and he had me beat. He gotcha. He had me beat, and as soon as that siren went, my phone lit Bing. up. Phone lit up. Not the West End Wizard, but everyone else was jumping on me as well, like they, like coming from the clouds. And the West End Wizard, I think his quote was, uh, I'll just find it here on Twitter. He says, um, uh, the whiz does biz. I am the best punter in the world, taking on one pro at a time. He's a confident man. He's a polarising figure, but fair play to the Wiz, and uh, it was good to good to have a bit of banter with him. Uh, very good, mate. Well, um, we're uh, just about ready to get into some games. Logical, are you ready to do it? Let's do it. Thursday night, we've got Brisbane taking on the Pies, and Logical, this one's at Marvel Stadium. So we've, um, I think everyone will be aware there's been a turn of events that's meant that that game's going to be played in Melbourne, which actually has a massive impact on the betting. We've now got... Um, Collingwood, dollar eighty favourite in that particular game, and I didn't actually see the opener. I don't know if it got put up, but I would have thought that Brizzy would be in the order of around about ten to twelve points if that one was being played up at the Gabba. So it's been a it's been a big turn. Yeah, they would have been, you know, like that dollar fifty five range to win the game. So you can see how significant that is 
on their winning chances. They have swapped the later game in the season too to even it up, which is which is good. So there isn't really a big disadvantage to their season. What is interesting is they have to stay in Melbourne. They have you know they, they weren't really prepared for it. You know we saw last year teams can handle it in hubs, but this one you know I can't see it any upside for Brisbane in this scenario. I think it will be okay, but if anything, there's probably a little bit of downside. The Pies, we saw them against Carlton. I don't know whether they were really good or whether Carlton just wasn't pressuring them, but their skills looked slick. Their forward line setup looked a bit better. Oscar McInerney out for Brisbane or likely out for Brisbane, which is a big, big one. And, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed that this is the price because I sort of wanted to be with Collingwood, but $1.80 feels short enough for me. I was having a bet only Collingwood, but... Really? Gee, I was going to come in a little bit from the other way on that one. I, I was thinking maybe that swing's just been a little bit too heavy uh, back towards the pies. If it was MCG, I could I could sort of see Collingwood's the go there. But I think at Marvel Stadium, I think maybe uh, Brisbane might be the go. I'll be really interested to see if there's any further move in this game. If that line does move a little bit more... Um, I think I'm going to be forced to have one on, on Brisbane. Brizzy for you. And you're right, though. It does suit – Brizzy – Marvel does suit Brisbane better than the MCG. But, um, yeah, I won't – I probably won't be betting there. Yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, watch this space and see where that one ends up. Um, we're going to roll straight into the next game of interest for us, uh, which is Richmond versus Sydney. Um, and that one's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday afternoon, MCG. Wow. Um, what a turn of events – for Sydney, you know, they're now facing Richmond at the MCG and we've got this one now, um, did start up at 21 and a half and it's now just ticked out a little bit to 23 and a half. Um, Swans have been really impressive, Logical. How do you see yeah, this? Dollar 23 and a half, dollar 30 Richmond, 360 Sydney. Sydney's that team, they probably get a, they get a big re-rate early in the season. They've had two good wins. They get Buddy back. There's a lot of excitement about them. And they, you know, like they, they played really well against Adelaide. But to me, the Richmond, obviously the best team in the comp or the equal best team rated in the comp, I just don't think that Sydney have improved that much. This, they, I could be wrong, but this re-rate has them sort of only like 16 points, 14 points worse than Richmond, which I'm not having that at all. And I think that this will be, they'll get found out a bit at the MCG and, and I'll be backing the minus on this one. Yeah, interesting. I, I just had in my notes, how good is Sydney? You know, how good are they? Yeah. You know, we're, we're really going to find out. Uh, they go up against the best in the land at their home ground, yep. playing away from home. The kids, they've been good the first two weeks, but, you know, maybe they got Brisbane on an off day. Maybe Brisbane just thought they were going to roll up and win, uh, and I think they got caught off guard. Yep. They've then played Adelaide, which we're not really sure how good they are. Let's see how they go against the best. Go at the MCG, which won't help some of their, their slower players. But they are looking a lot faster this year. And I'm probably glad Dicko's not here this week <laughs> because we wouldn't have heard the end of it. But um, and, we, and, and we might not be able to think clearly around Sydney's actual rating. But, but yeah, minus for me here. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we might uh, – I think we've got to have a little bit of time with Dicko not being here. We've got a bit of extra time up our sleeve. Uh, <laughs> logical. Um, Saints Essendon. Let's have a quick chat about that one. The Saints uh, were opening up. I think it was about seventeen and a half, eighteen and a half. But injuries, key injuries to Essendon, has uh, seen that market just drift a little bit now, around that twenty-two points. Essendon look in a world of hurt. Uh, Saints coming off what some people might think a bad loss on the weekend against Melbourne. Where do you sit here? Yeah, at Marvel again, as you said, four games at Marvel this this weekend, which is which is interesting. But um, I think this. M- that doesn't really suit 
St Kilda or Essendon. I think they both go reasonably well at Marvel. Um, St Kilda haven't been very impressive this year. Haven't haven't loved, you know, the way what they've done. They sort of only just beat GWS. They were okay against Melbourne, but pretty pretty disappointing loss. Essendon have been horrendous, and they lose more players. Mm. On top of that, their form's tr- 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 shocking. I just think St Kilda are really going to want to bury them if they get a chance to. And again, here could only be on the minus. And do you think that's uh, the Saints go though? Do you think they really can put a team away? We probably haven't seen the Saints really smash someone up. You see that happening against Essendon this time around. I think if anyone gets a hold of Essendon, they could smash them. So I, yeah, I, you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are right. They may just want to win the game and get a win on the board, but if they get a hold of them, and like I think Essendon, they've lost all those players. I heard Jake Stringer might be coming back in. He's probably a disadvantage. Unfit. I think he's actually undisciplined and, and might be a, not a hindrance rather than a help. And, and you know, St Kilda is starting to get a few back and yeah, hopefully play and a bit better. I think, uh, I think also St Kilda coming off that loss actually probably um, is probably worse for Essendon as well because they'll obviously want to atone for that and, uh, and turn that one around. Um, okay, excellent. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's tick over to the uh, the next game. Uh, West Coast uh, taking on Port Adelaide. So this is, well, you know, this is one of the games of the round, isn't it? Um, West Coast at home uh, taking on what is, if not the best team, the second best team in it at the moment. Port Adelaide. Everyone's pretty excited about Port. Uh, however, is that form false form um, based on who they've they've played? How do you see this one? Port Adelaide against West Coast in West Coast. I think, yeah, as you said, Port have been the, probably the most impressive team this season. False form's a little bit harsh on them because they well, did make a prelim last year. And But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is have they played much? It's probably dip, yeah, North Melbourne, Essendon, probably yep. considered to be the two worst teams in the comp. Yep. Have we? What are we seeing? Are we seeing an unbelievable team or, uh, yeah, where do you see that? Yeah, and as you say, I rate them equally best team and – the competition at the moment, they recruited really well in the off-season. Ali Ali has been good. Fantasia is playing well for them. West Coast, though, at home is another story. And I know you love, Mug, I know you love West Coast at home. <laughs> well, they're, and, like, they're like Geelong, aren't they? They just get such a lick. You know, they, 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 they got the, what is it now, the 24th, man, the 19th man. You know, they just got, they got extra players out there. You know, yeah, they, they, just, they do. Oh. They do, but they're still missing a couple in the midfield. Chewy and Yo yep. still to come back, and and they were you know they probably should have won against the doggies, but couldn't get over the line. I, I saw odds against West Coast, and I liked it when I saw it. It's now moved to the dollar ninety each of two. I I don't want to got no interest in the game at that no price. Interest. Yeah, okay. I quite like the look of uh, West Coast at home. I um I'll be keeping an eye on that line and just seeing. I, I have a feeling I might get a bit port happy. That line, and um, and we could see a little bit of drift, and um, if that, you know, if we can get a couple more points uh, my way, I, I think I'll be forced to take the West Coast. Odds against West Coast, you'd be backing them. Yep. Yeah, so anything over $2. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think so. And I would agree with that, but I don't know whether we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. Alrighty, and uh, last game that we're going to take a look at, uh, Logical, is uh, is my Hawks uh, fronting up uh, at the MCG against the Catters for the traditional Easter Monday clash. Um, in a blockbuster in recent years, but not so much now. It's lost a bit of its sting. 
unfortunately. It is It is still a uh, one of those games, though. It's like Essendon and Collingwood when they play the Anzac Day game. You know, no matter where they are on the ladder, it always seems to be, most of the time, a pretty competitive game. And I'm actually expecting that again this Monday. I, I tweeted out on Sunday night that I couldn't believe that line. We spoke uh, quickly about it on Sunday and I was like, oh, where do we think this is going to be lined at? And we was like, low 20. If we can get some sort of 23, 24s, we'll have a, have a bet. Got home, checked it a bit later on, 28 and a half points. I nearly fell off my chair. Um, so I thought that was way too high and um, yeah, had to take some hawks. But that line now, 23 and a half, I think might be some 24s. Where do, where do you see that? Can you still make a case for a bet there? Yeah, I, I can. Like I saw the hawks and I was happy with their effort. Still a little bit concerned about them, but I didn't like – I didn't think Geelong – they were poor week one against Adelaide. Didn't think they played very well against Brisbane. Then they We know they go worse at the MCG, and they still got a lot of cattle missing. They still don't have Dangerfield there. Duncan's still not going to be back. They may get Menangola back, but, you know, I just don't think they're going amazing. And, and I, yeah, I've got a small lean here to the Hawks at the plus. Yeah, they just um, – I know it's their game style. They play that sort of chip around, chip around, and it makes them look slower. And you always think about Geelong as dad's army a little bit and they've recruited older players. So you always sort of have this perception in your mind that they are a bit slow. But I, I just feel they are a little bit. And the Hawks are showing a bit. They've got a little bit of dash. And CJ uh, off the back line there was really good for us uh, on the weekend. So I'm, I'm actually – and I've seen the Hawks actually take it to Geelong – when we haven't been, like, I think even last year we, uh, we, we, or it might have been obviously the year before without the COVID, but we were not expected to win. I think it was about $3.20 shot and we, uh, we got them. So um, I'm pretty, pretty bullish about the Hawks uh, in this it's one. It's going to be interesting. Isaac playing against his old team. Crowd will really love that as well. So I think both teams will be well and truly up for it. Yeah, very good. Well, that just about wraps us up for, uh, for AFL uh, Logical. We're going to, um, Hand over now and uh, and chat to the Pope. Round four of NRL. Can you believe it's round four already? That has flown by. And um, and what's really been interesting so far this season is a lot of favourites have been winning. I know last week we had a few upsets, but Benny, um, have you got some stats on like how many favourites have been winning this year and some, some thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks, Kim. So around 77% this year of favourites have been winning across the first three rounds and that's follows a similar trend to 2020 which was around 81 82% which is extraordinarily high number in isolation to for a comparison the three is prior that was that was sitting about two in every three games so about 66 67% so big uptake and obviously the main reason that is the rule changes so the six again the six again rule has had a major impact on so that six again rule has had a major impact because probably just ball and play as a simple reason is is one reason and also um, accentuates the difference. So gives the better teams a chance to play football in, in pretty simple terms a bit more um, and they're able to showcase their skills and, and highlight the, the discrepancy probably between the, the best and the, and the weaker teams. So the, the cream lets the cream rise to the top throughout a match more, yeah, more so than it used to. Yeah, it does. So, um, you know, we, the things like the wrestle and things like that where teams could get involved in arm wrestle, that's less now. It's, it's all about natural ability comes into a bit more um, and allows teams to probably showcase their natural natural skills and obviously the better teams have better individual players and that and that comes out with these new rules, which was which was a goal of them. So it's achieved yep. what was set out to achieve. Yeah, and PVL 
praised as a messiah for all these rules. But then I look at this round of NRL round four and I look at the first three games. I've got a 19.5 line, a 21.5 line and a 20.5 line. To me, because of that, those new rules and the, the, the uneven, unevenness of some matches, I don't see that as a positive. No, neither do I. And there's probably a bit of a perfect storm. There might have been a natural gap in um, just the algorithms of salary cap that there was a gap between the best and the worst, but this has certainly highlighted it. And we are getting prices. These prices, going back two or three years, you'd see this late in the year when teams are giving up, not making finals. These are the sort of prices you see then. You're seeing them the first month of the season now. So it's been a big change within 18 months. Yeah. And so I look at this week, we've got the eight favourites coming to around around that $7.58 range. That's sort of, that's mug territory back in the day. He would have been all over that. He's a, he's a smarter man than that, but would you, what would you think uh, to those out there just thinking, you know, these, these sides can't lose this week? Is, do you like that, that multi? Well, we, we just had a chat um, off air, and I was probably surprised it got to that price. I was, <laughs> I was surprised. It sounds like better value than um, it looks in isolation, but it, it'd be hard to back it, especially with the injuries that occurred last week. So there's, there's a bit of movement um, around these better teams. Like, first of all, teams got named today and they look full strength, but these can change as the week goes on. And then obviously you've got teams like the Roosters who have lost their halves and their, their dominant playmaker in one instance. Um, you'd be reluctant to dive too heavily into them at short prices, but that's the slight caveat that holds you back somewhat. But it's still, um, you know, like it's it's still probably in some instances worth doing. If you, if you can pick out the value in some of these favourites and maybe leave out one or two short, you'd still get decent value. Um on, on these favourites, I think. Yep. And and last week, just just looking at last week on the on the podcast, we had you, you said you'd quite like South against the Roosters. It was sort of against the grain, but in the end, that price did actually move towards the South. That so the game got closer, and I think in the end, you you personally didn't back it because of that move. So you were sort of on the money, but you probably didn't expect it to move that way. Yeah. Come Friday, it, it got into about plus two to South, which was probably around the territory that felt about right. Whereas early in the week, it was a bit bigger. Probably still kicking myself a little bit that maybe um, didn't see it and, and back them earlier, but it did feel about about right come the jump. Um, and obviously, hindsight's easy, you know, like the way the match panned out. Yeah, you feel a bit of vindication, but yeah, at the at the jump, that felt about the right price. Yeah, yeah. And the other one we we spoke about was Penrith versus the Storm, and you said you liked the Storm was a bet because there was a chance that Cleary wasn't going to play, which I really liked that you know percentage chance he did, wasn't going to play. He ended up not playing, so the price. Was this this one was all over the shop. The price went from two dollars to him not playing. It moved to dollar seventy on Wednesday. Wednesday about lunchtime, Cleary got ruled out, and price moved quickly. And I think was still moving. I, I think Storm would have jumped even, even shorter than this if if Pappenhausen didn't get ruled out. So Ryan Pappenhausen gets ruled out for Melbourne, um, and that shifts back quickly the other way. Um, sat about Pickham in in betting speak for most of Wednesday night, and then Thursday went Penrith's way further, which was probably a bit of a domino effect of how many guys the Storm were missing. So they missing five of their starting 13 come Thursday night and there was a little bit of, okay, Pappenhausen's the one that probably straw breaks the camel's back in that it had a domino effect on the What a story that crossing. game is. you got $2, clear he doesn't play, goes to $1.70. Pappenhausen goes out, goes to $1.66. Game goes on, goes down to the last play of the game, bad beat. Like, just that was – everything in that is just an amazing story um, and, and, and something, that, you know, that's why we love punting, I suppose. All right, um, now on to round four this week. Um, it's – as we spoke about, there's there's a lot of games with big 
big minuses, but there's one that you wanted to speak about early on. Um, the Storm versus the Broncos at Amy Park on Friday. Um, got the Storm dollar eight, eight dollars and and twenty point twenty and a half point favourites. What are your thoughts there, Benny? It's hard at this time of the year where you're still figuring out who's who's good and who's not, and, and re-rating teams, Cam, at, at this point of the year, to be too confident in a line of minus 20 and a half. So probably need to look at another layer deeper into, into how you, the angle you want to have here. And I obviously do the ratings, and it's about the number that I, I would have. Could have it slightly bigger, but then you talk about other factors outside of this. So Storm have had a tough three weeks, two brutal games. They're probably going to come out with a bit of a bee in their bond, and I think want to throw the ball around. It's a dry night. In Melbourne, I can see them jumping out of the box here and wanting to play a bit of taking footy. They haven't had much of a chance to do that with the quality of opposition in the first three weeks. So there's that aspect of it. There's Broncos who have had a a lockdown in Queensland. They're they're out of Melbourne early. They've got to stay in Sydney. They're a team who can throw the toys out of the cot when things don't go their way. They've got a history of that in 18 months. I would be looking at alternate margins here, so that's probably the angle I'd be going down. Find some value at a bigger price to storm to run away with this game. It's sort of how I'd be thinking. Look for a bit more value than the $1.90 when you've got a 20-point start. Yep, yep. And they they have had a brutal start to the season, the storm. They'll be licking their lips to finally have a bit of a soft game, wouldn't they? Caught plenty in the Sydney media too. I think they're going to be a bit angry. They... They were really good last week, even though they lost. With with who they have missing, they'll be fine in the long term. And I think they want a chance to sort of showcase back at home, twenty eight degree day, Friday footy we've thrown around on a on what they term a fast deck cam. Um, I can see them posting score here, and I'll be looking for an angle there. Even jumping out of the blocks in the first half, I can find an angle around first half margins. Is, is sort of how I'll be thinking. Yep, yep, great. And then uh, we move across to Saturday night. It's Saturday night at uh, seven thirty five. Seabus Super Stadium, Gold Coast versus Canberra. Canberra are going to this game at, uh, at the moment, three and a half point favourites, $1.66 versus the Gold Coast Titans, two twenty five. Canberra played in a freak game over the weekend. So they led by 21 and half time while massing up injuries at the same time. So they second half, they had 13, 13 players on the field, probably only 12 or 11 and a half fit. And Warriors ran them down with a 21 point lead and they lost by three. So it's a freak occurrence, but... You start to think how good a Canberra, but I think I think they're still pretty good. So they're going to Gold Coast, who have beaten up on Broncos and then North Queensland, two of the probably four or five worst teams in the comp. So how much you know about Gold Coast is also the other factor, and I don't think you know a lot. Again, you look do the ratings, and it's probably not too far from this number of three and a half, four at the moment. But again, diving deeper, you look at I've talked about the spine in the past. You look at Canberra six, seven, nine. It's, it's far superior to Gold Coast. I'd like to see how Gold Coast go against one of these big boys. They haven't had to face that yet. Just test their metal a bit. I do think the three and a half is attractive, even though it's away from home. And the Canberra haven't been good. They've got some injuries. Guys backing up from HIAs from last week. I'd, I'd still like to be on that side, but I think I will be. Yep, yep. Makes sense. Cream's going to rise against a not-so-good quality side. All right, and the last game you wanted to look at uh, – Today, I mean, is um, or tonight was the um, the Roosters versus the Warriors on Sunday afternoon at um, seven fifteen. The Roosters seem to be um, a very interesting side. They're either beating up sides or you know against last week they they weren't so impressive against against South. The Roosters here are six point favourites at a dollar eighty five, a dollar forty seven for the Roosters and two seventy the Warriors. Yeah, and speaking about the Warriors, that they probably look better than what they are maybe now off that back of that second half last week that that's. Threw the ball around and it went their way and they chased and they came back from 21 down. So 
Um, again, as we've spoken about recency bias, Cam, in the past, that it's probably heavy this week as to how good the Warriors are. And I, I don't think they're as good as maybe um, is what's been talked about. And the other side of it, we talked about Roosters, who have now lost Luke Keary, their dominant playmaker. So really tricky game to price this one in, in Louvre. At the SCG as well, which at, is a bit different. At the SCG. And they've got their youngest youngest sort of key key roles there, halfback, 5'8", hooker. This is the youngest there is to look for some time. So really tough one to price. The way I've gone about this is probably what this would be if Cleary was in. So a week ago, taking into account any re-ratings that did occur from Roosters losing to South and Warriors. And this probably would be about 13 and a half, 14, I think. With Kiri in, so is Kiri worth six and a half, seven points? I, I think that's probably, I think that's probably too many to say that. So I think it's gone a bit too far the Warriors' way. Um, again, I think off the back of bad performance, I think Roosters, these good teams bounce back. They've still got the best player in the game. There'll be some Teddy Ball, James Tedesco centric behaviour early, but early days, I think there'll be a point to prove that hey, we're not a one man team. Long term, there's probably going to be effects of losing your halfback. But again, at home, I, I think this is over index on the fact Kiri's out, and I, I still have Roosters covering the line here. Yeah, I'd like obviously, I'm just an NRL mug, but I look at that and think uh, the minus six is not nearly big enough. Seeing what the Roosters do do to other teams, still an impressive backline, and and a lot of them. Uh, are self-serving, I guess. They can they can create their own opportunities. I, I don't think they'll have an issue scoring points still. Defensively, they've been a little bit leaky and um, that might be exposed, but it'll still be pretty comfortable tipping up. It's about that six line that we've talked about in the past has been a key number. I'd, I'd be sort of getting on at the minus six now before that goes too far once you get sort of some um, hotter, hotter behaviour later in the week. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so there we, we got it from Benny. We've got Canberra. We got the roosters at the minus, and we got the storm for big margins. Anything else that took your eye over the weekend, Benny? Any daily M controversy this week? Um, no, a bit of a quite a week for daily M. So I'm sure any daily M judge would have probably called 27 people to to determine who the best outcome was this week. Some nervous, some nervous judges this week. Um, injury, injury crisis, probably the. The other big talking point around um, that's having a pretty big influence, like multiple teams down to 13 players at best. So um, probably PBL looking over the border a little bit, Cam, to, to what Gill's done for AFL with the injury substitute doesn't seem too far away is, is probably the big news. But pretty brutal injury toll early is the big talking point this week. Thank you. And uh, everyone, uh, big weekend of football, AFL and NRL coming up, Easter weekend. Uh, enjoy your... Uh Enjoy the weekend and to take Muggs' line. As we always say, punters, gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.